Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to America. Other people want to make friends, I'm just trying to make you a little money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Next week is the most brutal stretch of earnings season. There'll be more important quarters, more conference calls, and more analyst action than even the most powerful supercomputer could ever keep track of. So let me make a suggestion after today's moves. Where the Dow gained 228 points, S&P jumped 1.09%, and the Nasdaq pulled out of 1.44%. Bye, bye, bye! As we head into the next five days of earnings, you need to think about what gets crushed. Sell, 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 sell. As much as what is working. Because this market's creating some unbelievable buying opportunities. See, in the heat of earnings season, Wall Street makes lots of mistakes. Just today, the market got not one, but two Dow Jones stocks dead wrong. Honeywell and American Express. Both companies reported numbers that were on the surface not strong. I'll give them that. But their future is much brighter than those numbers that were reported. And you've got to buy stocks based on what's going to happen, not what has happened. This isn't a history lesson here. For example, while Honeywell's aerospace business lagged this quarter, I am a huge believer in the idea that air travel is coming back. Some of the airlines are telling me that. Hence why we own both Honeywell and Boeing for my travel trust, which you can follow along by joining the ActionAlertsPlus.com club. I also think entertainment will make a roaring comeback, which means the pullback in American Express Plain and simple buying opportunity. Remember the old tagline, American Express, can't leave home without it? Much more compelling now that the economy is reopening and you can actually leave home and go somewhere. The market just can't process all of these earnings reports. It's too hard. And that's why it makes so many mistakes. And it's going to make a lot of mistakes next week. So let's take a look at where they're going to be by checking out the game plan. All right, Monday night we get arguably the most important quarter of the week, and that is Tesla. A couple of years ago, Tesla's earnings reports were make or break. Lots of people thought the company would run out of cash and go under. Now, though, it's about whether Tesla can become the world's dominant automaker. 
Remember, these numbers impact more than just Tesla itself. There are dozens of electric vehicle SPACs, smaller stocks that need Tesla to succeed because it gives the whole group legitimacy. It's a halo. I like Tesla at these levels. I'm betting the quarter will be a good one. Tuesday's a nightmare. After the close, we get results from Alphabet, Microsoft, Starbucks, and AMD. It's like they're trying to give me a heart attack here. I mean, we're, we've heard so much hype about Alphabet search and YouTube divisions. All the wrong call. We got to focus on Google Cloud. I think it steals the show. I like it very much. Microsoft stock has run so much that it needs to report a monster quarter with huge Azure numbers. But, you know, the funny thing is, I think they'll probably do it. I say stay with it. I'm torn on Starbucks, though. The Chinese business should be very strong. But the U.S. is still transitioning to a new world where it's the only game in town. Why is that a problem? Simple. Starbucks had a monster run over the past year in anticipation of the great reopening. And that call, well, it may be too early. I'm looking for a pullback. Then there's AMD, which has become a powerhouse in the data center. They're taking share from Intel, which reported last night and gave you a quarter that suggests that AMD might be in better shape than people thought. Hence why it was one of the top 10 performers in the S&P today. I'm betting that Lisa Sue, the implacable CEO, will tell a terrific story. And unlike so many other semiconductor names, her stock's actually down 10% for the year, meaning it could be ready to rock down 10%. Now, Wednesday morning, we hear from one of the most controversial companies on Earth, and it's Boeing. Now, it's bedeviled by execution issues. It's got a huge number of unsold planes. It just lost its operational CFO. Meanwhile, America's relationship with China, once a huge customer, has become, let's say, uh, problematic. Yet if you, you're like me and you think we could be headed for an unprecedented economic boom, including the biggest travel onslaught in the history of this nation, then you want to own the company that's most levered to it. And that's Boeing. After the close, we have three companies that I think can report some blowouts. There's Apple, Ford Motor, and Facebook. Apple stock has been a laggard until recently. It's caught fire as we heard chatter about better cell phone sales and a major potential inroad into the enterprise. Thank you, Katie Huberty, for being the uh, beacon this whole way on this. As for Ford, I anticipate excellent numbers despite the chip shortage. We could only dream of how much money they could make if, well, in a world where we had enough semiconductors to go around, and not just to China, by the way. Ford is worth buying. How about Facebook? Judging what we heard from Snap last night, wow. I think, yeah, God, we Facebook's going to knock it out of the park. Once again, it is not too late to be a buyer of Facebook, as I think it goes to all-time highs. As if that isn't enough, remember, the Federal Reserve concludes its two-day meeting, and Chairman Jay Powell will be addressing the rampant inflation we have seen throughout so many supply chains in a host of industries. Does he still see it as transitory? If so, the beat goes on. Thursday belongs to Amazon. So we've got to wonder, is it just a stay-at-home story? I mean, is that all it is? The stock's been treading water for months, precisely because people are worried about the year-over-year comparisons, okay? How can Amazon outshine its performance last year when everyone was stuck at home ordering from Amazon? I think the company has gained new adherents. You've got to remember also, they're lapping some major hits to the bottom line. They spent a lot of money making sure the workers would be safe from COVID. I think... I think the stock still works. Next up is Skyworks Solutions. The semiconductor names were on fire today, with the exception of Intel. Skyworks is one of the best in the group. Just last night, they bought an auto, industrial, consumer, and telco semiconductor business. I know that's a big mouthful, but that's what they bought from Silicon Labs. People don't seem to understand 
They don't, they don't realize. Skyworks has become a powerhouse thanks to this new division, coupled with its already amazing cell phone business. I predicted to blow out. We will hear from Lee Griffin later in the show. He's the CEO. But just about the deal, okay? Friday's oil day with both ExxonMobil and Chevron reporting in the morning. I think both companies will spend a considerable amount of time talking about how they're doing their best to cut carbon emissions. Hey, look, we now live in a world where even the oil companies have to care about the environment. That said, I also know that with crude back in the 60s, they can expand their budgets. Well, they go on buying sprees, maybe boost their dividends. How about back to the buybacks? Or are they just going to conserve? When I listen to the oil people talk, I get the kind of positive vibe that I haven't heard in ages. With prices up and costs down, I think these two companies could surprise to the upside. I'm recommending Chevron and Pioneer Natural Resources caught a downgrade yesterday. Good opportunity. Let's see what Chevron has to say. Finally, will the stay-at-home trade be really put to rest? It all comes down to Clorox and Colgate. Wall Street's circumspect about both of these. It's like they're getting no credit at all for the money they've made in the last year thanks to the pandemic. And they made a lot. The charts are all terrible. I can't say that the stocks will behave well when they report. Not when Kimberly Clark got crushed in the wake of a disappointing quarter today. At best, these are battlefield stocks. And there's no reason to go near battlefield, not in this market. Bottom line, remember... There will be reports next week that are met with negativity, and not all of them will be genuinely bad. So I'm urging you to take advantage of that weakness. Look for buying opportunities. I'll help you. The stocks that get thrown away often don't deserve it, like Honeywell and American Express. So be ready to search for them, and then you can pounce. Zach in Rhode Island. Zach! Jim, how are you? Booyah. Booyah. I am good. I hope you are. Let's go to work. And uh, shout out to Sater and all my buddies out in Vegas. Love um, those guys. I'm calling you about uh, Raytheon. Yes. Um, I've held it for a couple months now. It seems to be lagging a bit behind some other defense stocks. Um, but it has had some really good news recently. It was, you know, awarded some notable Air Force contracts. It upgraded its sales and earnings projections. And I also think that it could be potentially a reopening play because of its commercial business. Um, but it still hasn't recovered to its pre-COVID highs. So well, I'm just wondering is. what your thoughts are. I happen to think that it's a great opportunity to buy. I also think that, like you, it's going to be a great reopening trade. I've been liking Honeywell, um, but I've always uh, been partial. I like the merger and the Raytheon uh, technologies, and you are absolutely right. I think this stock can go back to 93, where it was pre-COVID. And a lot of those guys in Vegas. We love those guys. Let's go to Tucker in Colorado, please. Tucker. Hey, Jim. It's Booyah from Snowy Frisco, Colorado. I was late. There's a big jump last spring, but I'm still up about 23% on Twilio. Should I start looking for an exit? No. no. I know Twilio is viewed as one of these companies that did really well during COVID, and therefore maybe it's time to quit. I think Twilio has changed the landscape. I think it is a terrific product. I think that every small business that reopens is going to want to use Twilio to look like a big business. You hold on to that stock. Muhammad in California. Muhammad. Hey, Jim, I had a question about United Airlines. Um, just recently, they added 480-plus daily flights um, in the United States for June, and they expect the domestic June uh, to be 60% of the schedule from 2019 pre-pandemic. The stock is still down over 40% from all-time highs, making it one of the few airlines that are still down. A lot of the experts are saying the sector is overvalued and overbought and will never be the same again. In your opinion, is this a smart buy for I, reopening I, play? I, I do like Southwest Air more, 
And one of the reasons that is is because it's very hard to fly overseas. And you all have some big overseas markets. It's hard because they just make it very, very difficult. That said, I think you're right. It's not an expensive stock. I just happen to prefer another airline. All the airlines right now happen to be uh, headed by very, very smart people. I, you're not going to go wrong with Delta or American or United, but I am par- partial to what Gary Kelly does uh, at, at, at symbol LUV. All right. Many of the stocks that will no doubt get thrown away, all right, next week after earnings, they don't deserve to be. Take advantage of the weakness and see if buying opportunities are created. I will work with you to find them. Oh, man, buddy, tonight, I'm sitting down with the CEO of American Electric Power after earnings. I don't know how the largest coal-fired utility in the U.S. is working to transform itself into one of the largest renewable energy companies in the country and doing it right. Don't miss my excuse. Then, last night, Skyworks announced a $3 billion deal to buy a chip unit from Silicon Labs. I'm going to sit down with the always bankable Liam Griffin to find out what it means for the stock. And... How could Washington's infrastructure plans impact our largest steel company, Nucor? I'm going to sit down with the CEO after earnings. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call. At 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere, you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The moment we started getting good news on the vaccine front, the utilities dropped off a cliff. They became the worst performing group in the entire market because these are textbook slowdown stocks. 
Then bond yields started rising and the utilities got hit again because they're dividend stocks, which means bonds are the competition. But over the last couple of months, the utilities have made a remarkable comeback, up 14% since the end of February as investors search for certainty in an increasingly crazy environment. Take American Electric Power, which owns the country's largest power transmission network, along with some major power growth generation assets. AP rallied, look at this, 15% since we last spoke to the CEO March 3rd, although it pulled back yesterday after the company reported a good quarter. Solid revenue beat, coupled with slight earnings miss. Management maintained their forecast, though, and that's what matters. And the problems here are related, yes, of course, to disruptions from winter storm Uri, which we just don't know enough about. Plus, let's not forget, if you're worried about a tax cycle on capital gains, that makes dividend stocks like AEP more attractive. Biden's leaving the dividend rate alone. This one's got a 3.4% yield. Don't take it from me. Let's check in with Nick Akins. He is the chairman and CEO of American Electric Power. Hear more about the quarter and his outlook. Mr. Akins, welcome back to Bad Money. Hi, Jim. Great to be with you again. Nick, we have a lot to talk about in terms of the economy, in terms of yield, in terms of renewables. But you always start with a song. So I'm going to take advantage of what you did because this is not your usual song. This is, well, I'll let you tell people why you chose it. Well, it was a, a song by Marvin Gaye, uh, What's Going On? And it served two purposes. One is, we have a lot going on at AEP, so I went through that. But also, the important part was around what's going on in the nation today and what that message of that song is about. Us coming together, gaining perspective, and working peacefully for solutions uh, around racism and other issues. So I thought it fit. Yeah, it certainly did. 1971. We, we remember you and I know another troubled yeah. time. So I thought that was per, you know, pertinent because you're about the country. You're not just about the quarter. You're about the country. And I thought that we should bring that up. And thank you. Now, this thank was you. a this was a quarter where you put out a statement. I'm going to just read it. We have reviewed the resource needs for each of our regulated operating companies and proposed that nearly 16,000 megawatts of new, clean wind and solar generation by fleet, for the fleet by 2030, growing our renewable generating portfolio to more than 50% of our total capacity? American Electric Power? An amazing change. You know, we used to be the largest coal operator in the country, and we're well on our way with that announcement to be the one of the largest regulated renewable companies in the country. So it's just a massive change, but the clean energy economy is moving, and there's nothing that's going to change that. How many fossil fuel plants have you closed since you took over? Uh, we shut down about 18,000 megawatts of, um, of coal-fired generation, and, um, and we continue to do that. Uh, as we make uh, more progression of renewables in the portfolio. So you're going to see that continue to grow, and you'll see some natural gas brought in to back up uh, certainly the, uh, the renewables uh, aspect of it. So uh, that process will continue. Just a massive amount has been changed out, uh, but a lot more to go. Now, I was heartened. Uh, I remember when, I, when Windcatcher didn't work out, I was very disappointed. But the, this North Central Wind Investment, tell us about that. This sounds like the future. Yeah, it's one of the largest in the country. Uh, it's actually three different sites, and that's helpful because it was better to get the regulatory approvals instead of one intensive site in one area. So uh, that project is now becoming operational, and actually it's, it's, it's going to uh, enable customers to save $3 billion uh, worth of fuel cost over, over the time period that we have in place. So uh, it's an amazing thing. You know, when you look at the change of renewables, you can put renewables in place and actually lower customers' bills as a result if you do it smartly and if you do it in respect to resiliency and reliability of the grid. 
All right. So then why isn't everyone doing what you're doing? Well, some have. Okay. Uh, some of the companies have moved that direction. The industry itself has come down a substantial amount in terms of carbon emissions, and we've come down 74% in our carbon emissions. So uh, that, that prospect will continue, but AEP is at sort of the, the leading edge of that change, and there's going to be a substantial ability for us to continue to invest. And that 16,000 megawatts is about 15 to 20 billion of capital being deployed. Now, at the same time, you had some pretty positive things to say about the economy and where it's going. It's picking up. I wanted to contrast that with also, I mean, look, we don't usually talk about interest rates, but it does seem like the economy is really getting strong. I was surprised myself that interest rates stay so low, making your dividend very competitive. But when you get together with the other people in the industry, are you surprised that rates, that interest rates are so low, given how you're all seeing not green shoots, but real business? Yeah, you know, there seems to be a lot of linkages here between what the Fed is doing and certainly uh, the stimulus programs and that kind of thing uh, continues to exist. So uh, there's, there's anomalies there that didn't exist, you know, just in the classic changes that have occurred. But we know that we, we need to continue to invest and we need to continue to invest in a grid that's moving to a clean energy economy. The Biden administration clearly is moving that direction, and it's something that we can take advantage of. So uh, it's, it's really an opportunity for us. Something you told me when you took over, I was, I, I, no, it, was, it was, was when President Trump was elected. I said, can you um, now get a free lunch and just keep all the coal plants and not worry about it? And you said, we don't really care what they think in Washington. We have to do what's right. That paid off, didn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we follow what our customer expectations are around a clean energy economy. Our shareholders certainly are expecting it as well to de-risk the company going forward. And that's something that I think that follows through no matter what the administration is. I think also I, I want you to speak for a second about a hurricane, about Superstorm Uri. A lot of your conference call was devoted to that. All I care about for our viewers is when I finished the conference call, I said to myself, I'm going to ask Nick, this doesn't seem like it would impact the dividend. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Matter of fact, it's, it's an anomaly in the first quarter, uh, given if you looked at the if you look at the industrial load, the industrial load has continued to improve dramatically. And you look at the pipeline of activities in industrial and manufacturing. It's pretty robust. But you have this anomaly event that actually took a week of, of industrial output out of Texas off the map. And then, of course, some of these manufacturers, it takes up to 40 days just to get back operational. So that was the impact on the industrial load during the first quarter. All right, good, because I, I care. You've been the most reliable company for dividend that ever comes on the show. So I wanted to be sure people didn't say, oh, maybe they got hurt by Texas. You've made me feel much better on so yeah. many different issues. That's Nick Akins, Chairman, President, and CEO of American Electric Power. Nick, always great to have you on the show. Thanks, Jim. All right. We have money's back after the break. Coming up, a big acquisition sent the stock moving. Can it also help Skyworks beat the chip shortage and make you money? Kramer's got the CEO next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. 
With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Last night, we got some big news from Kramer Fave Skyworks Solutions, the radio frequency chip maker that I've been pushing as the play on 5G and the Internet of Things. It turns out they're buying Silicon Labs' infrastructure and automotive business for $2.75 billion in cash. This is huge. Right now, we have a chip shortage in just about everything, but it's especially dire in the auto industry. So the deal gives Skyworks more exposure to one of the hottest markets around. Plus, it also helps them extend their presence in the data center and consumer markets. For years, the knock on Skyworks was that it was too levered to cell phones, and in particular to Apple. With one acquisition, they've demolished that entire argument. No wonder the stock jumped 4% today. Can it keep running? Let's dig deeper about this transformational deal with Liam Griffin, the president and CEO of Skyworks Solutions. Learn more about this transformational deal, although not the quarter, because the company reports next week and is in the quiet period right now. Mr. Griffin, welcome back to Mad Money. Oh, thanks, Jim. Good to be here. Now, Liam, this is an exceptional deal. You, first of all, had the cash flow to do it. Second, if you wanted to borrow it, which you are, the rates are incredibly low. It all came down to, I think, a major effort by you to be a semiconductor company in every market, not just in the ones that people think you're in. Oh, you're right about that. And first of all, we've been very disciplined on cash. We've been disciplined also on M&A. But this transaction, I got to tell you, Jim, this is this is a perfect deal for us. Also a great deal for the other side with Silicon Labs. It's highly profitable, great technologies, immediately accretive. We bring in about $400 million of incremental revenue, high margin revenue in markets that we want to be in. Markets like automotive, markets like optical networking, data center, whole new suite of opportunities that come through this transaction. So we're really excited about it. Just happened last night. And uh, I think we have great expectations as we go forward here. Uh, Talk to me about synergies, uh, not just in terms of dollar amounts, but also intellectual property. Yeah, very unique here, Jim. This portfolio comes in very clean with about 40 percent off margin. So there's not going to be the traditional synergies where we're going to take people out. We're going to invest here and drive this portfolio. And you mentioned intellectual property, that the the business comes with some high grade patents and technologies and know-how. And also a great set of people that come with us. We're going to bring about 385 people from the Silicon Labs INA team over to Skyworks and put that uniform on and, and get them on the field with us. All right. So talk to me in, in the uh, deck. You've got a, you've got this slide with diversified customers. Automotive, you got Al, you have uh, Audi, BMW, you've got Ford, GM, Harman, Toyota, Volkswagen, Tesla. I mean, yeah. these guys, what part of automotive are they and can they make enough because of the, of the demand? Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity in automotive, as you know. We've talked about it. And yes. traditionally, Skyworks would speak to this more on the transmit, receive, the RF side. 
But this organization has a, an entirely different play within automotive. We're looking at isolation, EV vehicles, data converters, optical networking, lots of really interesting things that can go into an automotive application and then dovetail with the connectivity that Skyworks brings. We can bring a, nearly a complete solution to some of the leading players as we move forward. So that's a complementary play on the basis that we've had already with some of our leading auto, auto manufacturers. I wanted to talk about EV and the solar inverter so people understand this makes you a, re, a, a major presence in what you and I both know is the future, which is fossil uh, the end of fossil fuels and the other ways that we're going to go. We're going to go solar and we're going to go electric power and you're going to be in them now. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, that's that is exactly one of the reasons why we did this deal. We did not have a position in those markets, quite frankly. And now we've got that position again with great people. And think about the investments that Skyworks can bring to bear in this organization. We're, we're delivering 40 percent free cash flow margins, Jim, on a, on a basis of now five billion dollars of top line revenue. We have the power to really drive this. No pun intended. But uh, we think automotive is going to be an incredible application for us. We've got inroads already, but I think the investments going forward, the people that come in through this INA deal are going to really help guide us to success in, this se- in these segments. All right. People are going to want to know whether uh, what you bought is part of the great uh, chips, uh, automotive chip shortage, or is it not connect- connected? It's got its own foundries, it's got its own space. I don't know how they do it. But. Yeah, so we all have our different flavors. As you and I discussed in the past, Skyworks has invested deeply in our, in our own foundries. We have great technology in fabs in Boston and L.A., uh, in Japan as well, Singapore. We own all of those. And that's a really strategic advantage that we've had, and you and I have talked about it. And right. it has insulated us greatly due to some of the chip shortages. So we have our own buffer on that. On the INA side, there are still some outsourced opportunities that they're working with TSMC and others. But over time, you know, certainly we could bring some of those technologies under our roof and do it, do it ourselves at Skyworks. So we'll see how that goes. But the portfolio, as is today, runs very, very well. It's highly profitable. They've got a great customer set. So we can certainly take advantage of that now. But in the future, we certainly would have an opportunity to continue to invest in scale and drive more of a full, full in, in internal fabrication strategy as we, as we move forward. Well, just so people understand, uh, let's say you're looking for a house. Uh, some guys get to buy it with cash. Some guys can move quickly. The other guys that are left behind. Was it your balance sheet and your ability to move fast that got this? Because this is one premier asset. It is a premier asset, Jim, and it's unique because it's technologies that we wanted. Technologies that we wanted. We wanted to accelerate our path. Uh, I think the, the deal terms were very favorable for both sides, for the Silicon Labs team and the Skyworks team to make this work. And it's really one of those unique transactions where it's a win-win for both sides. And we're really excited about what we can do. And certainly the cash generation and the discipline that we've had over the years with M&A put us in a great position to deliver this thing. All cash, very easy transaction at this stage. And we look forward to the growth. Well, I think it's brilliant. It's just what's needed. Uh, I know we could not talk about the quarter. We will probably do that someday. But I love this transaction. And you know that because I sent you an email about 30 seconds after it came out saying congratulations. Liam Griffin, President and CEO of Skyworks Solutions. Love to have you on the show as always. Thanks again, Jim. Take okay. care, my friend. Absolutely. You too. Mad Money's back after the break. Coming up, can this company be the backbone of a new era in American infrastructure? Kramer gets real about steel with Nucor next.
As earnings season rolls on, so many red-hot industrial stocks have hit a wall, the wall known as peak earnings. Sure, these companies just keep reporting spectacular numbers, but the skeptics claim this is as good as it gets. And by the time the second half of the year rolls around, the cyclicals will start deteriorating. Consider the case of Nucor. Yes, the biggest and best steel maker in America. Yesterday morning, the company reported, and while the results weren't much of a surprise because the company already pre-announced in mid-March, the forecast was very bullish. Management says they'll have another quarter of record earnings, and they're saying 2021 is going to be a terrific year. Just one problem. The analysts were already expecting another record, which is why Nucor actually went down on the news. The near-term strength is baked in, and now lots of experts are worried. Experts, I should put uh, parens around that. The next quarter could be the peak. I think that's dead wrong. There's no reason to think next quarter will be the peak. I'm betting the economy keeps roaring and Nucor keeps printing money. So let, don't you like my hat? That's right. Let's check in with Leon Tapalia. I wish he was wearing his hat. Uh, as president and CEO of Nucor to get a better read on the quarter of his company's prospects. Mr. Tapalia, welcome back to Mad Money. Well, Jim, thank you for having me. And uh, as you pointed out, an incredible quarter. Make over $940 million for the quarter. Um, you know, I just really tip our, our hat off to an incredible growth strategy and a plan that our team has executed on. I'm uh, appreciative of the, the trust our customers place in each of us with their business. And as you pointed out, um, Nucor expects next quarter to be strong. But quite frankly, with all the indicators we look at, we anticipate 2021 staying strong throughout the year. And really, this, you know, caps off and culminates a nearly $4 billion investment strategy that now we are positioning and poised to uh, to continue to reap those benefits as we move forward. Now, I want to talk about that because uh, your predecessors have always been invited because I, I love, candidly, I love Nucor. From the day I met Ken, the, uh, the founder at Goldman Sachs, it's uh, 35 years ago. Yeah. And one of the things I loved about you was vision. You were building plants this time around that, to me and others, like they're building plants where we don't need plants. They're building plants that are unnecessary. They're building plants that, frankly, will never be used. Every one of those things was untrue, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And, you know, quite frankly, the largest single investment in our history is taking place as we speak in Brandenburg, Kentucky. And that really will end at about four and a half billion dollar campaign that we're building. But, Jim, that investment is incredibly strategic, not only position where it is in the geography, but as we think about what's happening in the renewables market in offshore wind, that mill will be a unique differentiated value supplier to our customers today and well into the future. And so we are focused on the long term. We're going to continue to invest and we're going to continue to grow. And as you told many of your viewers over the last six, eight months, Nucor is poised. And I tell you, we are capitalizing on the position of strength. Um, and, and I couldn't be more excited about our future. The other companies in your business in our country have been cutting back and cutting back and cutting back. You've been adding and adding and adding. Difference between you and them? You know, Jim, we've always had a very strong and a very um, focused attention to make sure we maintain the strongest investment grade rating in, in the uh, industry, which we have. We have uh, never overlevered ourselves. We make sure we keep. Um, we have um, $3 billion of cash and short-term investments, and we ensure that we keep our net debt-to-cap uh, ratio very, very in line so that we can ensure we reward our, our dividend and our shareholders with dividends and continue to reinvest in the growth of our company. And we're going to maintain that focus and that discipline, but we're also going to grow and we're going to do it very strategically. So uh, I won't speak to my competition strategy. What I would tell you is Nucor is poised 
and will continue to uh, invest in the long term. And we have to talk about Nucor as a hiring machine and Nucor as a company that is the cleanest company, the biggest recycler that we have. On page 15 of your fantastic deck, there's a, a, a chart that really makes my, my it just it just makes my heart race. Import shrinking market share. It looks like it's finally happened. Our jobs are no longer being exported away and our steel's the best. Am I right about that? A hundred percent. And, you know, we've got to continue to think about the entire supply cycle. Right. When we take um, tons of steel in from uh, countries like China, we have to look at the full scope one, two and three emissions of how much are they emitting to make that steel compared to the United States. We're three, four times cleaner than they are in making it here. And so Nucor is poised again is one of the world's uh, cleanest and most sustainable companies to provide that value and that that really differentiated value. So um, our hiring continues. We have the best team, arguably, from my standpoint in the world. Um, we have a, a group of committed uh, dedicated team members that we're going to continue to hire well, and we're going to continue to shape the future of Nucor in, in our industry. It seems like President Biden wants to continue with what I have said over and over again are the terrific policies of President Trump when it came to dumping in our country to stop that. And President Biden wants to follow up with infrastructure, which would be great beyond the warehouses, data centers and cold storage that you have. Are you heartened by this president's steel agenda? You know, look, I would tell you that we're supportive of what he's done in trade and in continuing to build back better. You know, we know and we've talked many times on your show, this nation needs a significant infrastructure uh, package. We've got to rebuild and uh, repair the roads, bridges, highways, including broadband, waterways uh, in this nation. We have a nation of school kids that are in many co- counties struggling to get the broadband access they need to, to do their schoolwork. So we've got to make that investment. Nucor is poised, again, with about 46 percent of our products moving in to the construction related sector um, incredibly well to help support that and truly build back better, Jim. Well, look, I mean, it's just a, a monster quarter. It's going to be a great year. And I don't think people understand. Like you and I understand the steel cycle. It goes on. You've been 25 years there. The steel cycle is not a three-quarter phenomenon. If anything, it's a three-year phenomenon. And that's what that's the way you own right. this stock. That, well, you should just own it all the time. But this is going to be a great cycle. To Leon Tapali, the president and CEO of Newcore, congratulations on an amazing quarter and for coming on our show because it means a great deal to us. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you having me. We'll Mad Money's talk back to you here. Soon. Thank you. Mad Money's back here to the break. Stick around. May I make a suggestion? I would stay with him. The lightning round is coming up next. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Steve? Dad, time for the lightning round. Chris, my start with Dave in Illinois. Dave! Dr. Kramer, my good friend. And how are you, sir? I am well. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for asking. What's happening? Jim, we know you live in a split Italian sports car household, as Lisa admires Lamborghini. True. But what about Ferrari? R-A-C-E. Ferrari's fabulous. Just fabulous. I am calling that on by as Dave once again breaks the sound barrier with another real good idea. Let's go to Bo in Florida. Bo. Jimmy, baby. 
Yo. Back to uh, Charge Point. Well, remember, this is a crowded field. We do like the field, but it's a crowded field. And uh, all that said, it's going to we got a nice short squeeze going there for a couple of days. But uh, I wouldn't hang around. Too many players. Caesar in Maryland. Caesar. Hi, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. Thank, many thanks to you and your team for all the hard work you do for us. And your thoughts on Palantir Technologies, please. Okay, I think Palantir's for real. Uh, unfortunately, it's a big black box. A lot of the contracts, we can't tell what's in them. I happen to like other software companies a little bit more, I like a Microsoft. But this is a, uh, a stock that is a Kathy Wood stock. She's a very competent manager, and she buys it a lot, and I understand that. She herself could take this thing higher if she wants to. Let's go to Ken in Florida. Ken. Hey, Jimmy Chill. Yo, hey, man. I'm caller from uh, sunny Fort Myers. Florida. I love Fort Myers. All right. Hey, my stock I want to ask you about, this and what, and S is now the time to buy S. WBI. Uh, the thing sells at such a low multiple. I, I mean, I think that, look, there's a, uh, this is a problematic security. It is, uh, all I can say is, is that if you want to own it, that's fine. I'm not recommending the stock. Let's go to Doug in California. Doug. Jim, thanks for taking my call. About uh, a few months ago, you had the CEO from Sorrento on your program. And after listening to him, I was very impressed. It seemed like you were very impressed with him also. Since then, I bought three different positions in Sorrento. Uh, I've averaged myself down to where I'm in everything at $10 a share. What I'm calling about, Jim, is do you believe that I should sell everything? No, no, uh, don't. I mean, what, here's what happens, with, sir. This is what happens with a stock like this. There'll be a, a news release, and it'll spike three, four points. Uh, is a 20% short position, and that'll give you a chance to, to get out. They should have done something with uh, COVID. Uh, I was waiting for I mean, you know, something big and commercial, and it didn't happen. Uh, it's now late. Let's go to Chance in Colorado. Chance. Hello, Michelle. Oh, Chance, so, what's going on? So a company I've been watching seems like it's been doing all the right things lately. They've signed partnerships with Total, British Petroleum, L.A. County Metro, even a monster deal with Amazon on Monday. And then politicians have been saying meth capture is a central corner of the green energy plans. Um, yeah, from the opening bell on Monday to the closing bell on Tuesday, it took a 46% haircut downwards. Um, I jumped in head first Tuesday afternoon and accumulated. Am I missing something, or was that a crazy good entry point to clean energy, CLNE? Okay, CLNE's been around a long time. We used to have Andrew Littlefair along, uh, like the late uh, Boone Pickens had a position in it. Uh, I think it's okay. Uh, the stock has had a very, very big run. It got caught up in a very nice move for electric vehicles and for natural gas vehicles. But I don't want you to overstay your welcome here because it, it, after all these years, it's still not making any money. And that is not for me. I need to go to Nathan in Pennsylvania, please. Nathan. Hey, Jim Kramer. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a first time, a long time. Oh, excellent. Hey, so uh, I bought this stock 12% off of its 52-week high. What do you think of this stock going to earnings on May 12th? The stock is Sonos. Sonos is killing it. I mean, I I was listening to the CEO talk the other day. I mean, their business went to nothing, and it came back. And I've got to tell you, they hung in there, and they succeeded, and I think they're going to be around for a very long time. I am pro Sonos. Let's go to Adam in Texas, please, Adam. 
Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. I'm fan of you and the show. My question is about NWK. It's growing about 100% year over year in e-commerce with expanding margins. But uh, I know. I mean, and I listened to Whirlpool. Whirlpool had a great quarter. Nobody liked that. This is this peak market nonsense. But I do prefer Whirlpool. And uh, by the way, Middleby buying that well built, that, I wish Middleby would come on. That was a sweetheart of a deal. I like that deal. Uh, let's go to Dominic in Michigan. Dominic. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. Calling in about a stock that just recently went public through a SPAC merger. The stock deals with payment processing and digital wallets. They have deals with Coinbase, Roblox, DraftKings, and Spotify, just to name a few. This company is very profitable. They report their earnings on May 11th, and this company is a money maker, Jim. The company I'm calling in about is PaySafe. Okay, that's a Bill Foley company, and I have, look, a lot of people who are involved in the SPAC game have really, frankly, uh, overstayed the welcome. Not Bill Foley. I like that company very much. Surprised it is down so much. I'm a buyer. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round! The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, beware of the crowdsourced stocks. Kramer takes you on a trip back to the fundamentals. Next. Monday, kick off the trading day with Squawk on the Street. Can we do the show in Florida, Paul? No, we're not going to Florida. We would be rich, richer than Cretius. Well, then what are we going to do with it all? Who are you going to leave it to? What's happening to it all? Where's it going? Another home? Another house? How many? When's enough? I like every house that I own. Just like I like my kids. It all starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Every couple of hours, I get another email that goes like this. Please don't say sell Tesla. Please say something good about it. Remember the five stages of grief? That's called bargaining. As for social media, I'm constantly being harangued on Twitter for not being positive enough about the meme stocks at GameStop, AMC, or even UWM Holdings, a mortgage company with a high short position. That's the one thing these meme stocks have in common. The Wall Street Bets crew believes they can bust the shorts. When I sold some Bitcoin recently, something I bought as a currency, but then it became an asset, I was filleted for breaking ranks. Like I somehow betrayed the crypto team and single-handedly caused the recent sell-off. Guess what? If an asset's so fragile that it can't handle one guy on base and cable saying it's time to take profits, then, well, pullback's inevitable. Of course, this is all crazy. I'm not powerful enough to take down Tesla with a single offhand comment. It's a $700 billion company, for heaven's sake. Bitcoin's even bigger. More importantly, though, this attitude, these, these constant rebukes for allegedly trashing some stock or cryptocurrency or non-fungible token reveals a fundamental misunderstanding of the way investing actually works. Listen, if you believe passionately in a stock, and then it gets dinged because someone on television says something critical that you disagree with? Well, you should thank your lucky stars because that is called a buying opportunity. You can't make money in the market when everyone agrees with you. Somebody has to take the other side of the trade. When someone with a big platform is wrong about a stock you like, that's not an attack. It's a gift. The problem is lots of people own these stocks because they read on some website that if everyone gangs up together and holds... We can do another GameStop and crush the short sellers. But when you make that kind of bet, you have to make sure you actually like the company itself, not just the crowd that recommended it to you. You have to be sure, because it's entirely possible, that people betting against the stock know what they're doing. 
unlike GameStop. And the bulls are totally clueless. I got to tell you, I'm getting sick of this whole style of investing. Loser investing, I call it. Uh, Because uh, stocks are not causes. They're not religious icons. They're not even sports teams. Stocks are pieces of paper tied to companies, not to short sellers, not to shareholder base, but real live companies. When AMC seeks permission to sell 500 million shares, the CEO, Adam Aaron, is basically saying that he's willing to break with his co-religious and hoist the company on their backs. If people want to bid up the stock, Aaron's happy to sell it to them, although he said he won't do any big sales this year. He's certainly not wrong, though, about making sales. If AMC sells the stock, they can use it to buy back their expensive debt at a discount, instantly making the business more valuable. But when I talked about this possible sale on this show, the meme stock cultist trashed me for just bringing it up. It's curious behavior. It made it so I can't really read the mentions column anymore. If you think it's wrong for me to ask the CEO of AMC about doing a stock offering at the market because it might hurt the stock, you probably shouldn't own AMC or any individual stock for that matter. You can't control what people say about your favorite stocks. If you're going to lose, if every time you hear something you don't like, well, you're better off parking your money in index fund. That's not an insult. So please take this weekend to think about what you do if some talking head mentions your stock negatively. Would you be scared? Would you be upset? Would you be concerned because you bought the stock using borrowed money so a minor self could trigger a margin call? If you're that unsure of the company itself, not the shareholder base, but the company, I'm begging you to move on. Either put your money in something you actually believe in or stop trying to pick individual stocks. Because if you're flipping out at some you think is a bozo on basic cable saying he doesn't like the stock, you may not be cut out for this business. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you where you're made money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you Monday. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.